Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, we can start in Psalm 73. And um, I want to talk with you this morning about how true faith finds its feet. True faith finds its feet. You know, it, it is said oftentimes that the devil is trying to trip us up. And, you know, the truth of the matter is there's a lot more validity and a lot more reality behind that statement than we may think of at face value. Because we say there's so many things trying to trip us up. And, you know, by that oftentimes we mean it's trying to get us distracted or whatever. No, the, the, spiritually speaking, the enemy literally wants to take your feet out from under you. He wants you to lose traction in a spiritual sense. He is trying to trip you up. He is trying to trip all of us up. And, you know, it's, it's not just a figure of speech. It is the onslaught. And there are many of us today who understand that the reason the adversary is so set on tripping us up, on causing us to lose our traction in a spiritual sense is because we understand there's also a principle in the Word, and we'll get to it a little later, that says that faith without works is dead. Faith is not just simply an ideological agreement with something. It's not a statement that we say, oh, I believe that's true, although that's a part of it, But faith somewhere in our lives has to translate into a behavior, into an action, into a get up and get after what we sense and know God has said us to be, what God has called us to be, what God desires that we be. There there has to come a point somewhere along the way where it translates from a stated belief into an active behavior. And the adversary wants to trip you and I up today and you may be here today and you you hear this active faith message and you may be struggling you may be struggling to understand a situation you may be ducking and dodging with no time to try to figure it out you're just life's coming at you a hundred miles an hour and you're just trying to get through tomorrow and you don't have time to assess you may be contemplating a move you may you may be suffering from spiritual paralysis because of fear in your life and 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 something that's just suffocating you spiritually and you dare not stand up I want to take you today to Psalm 73 because I want to introduce you to a man that I believe you and I often find ourselves in similar situations. In Psalm 73, we're introduced to a man named Asaph. Asaph is is the one who penned this psalm and he gives us a little insight into his walk of faith. And in Asaph's walk, He encounters a time when he says, listen, surely the Lord is good to everybody else. (laughs) You ever been in one of those situations when surely you look around and you're like, surely the Lord is good to everybody else. 
As a matter of fact, Asaph is even going to go as far as to say, I believe that even the sinful and the wicked people are getting along better than I am. As, as I'm looking at my life, as I'm looking at the challenges that I'm facing, I look on at those that don't even claim to serve the Lord, and it just seems like they're prospering. It just seems like they're getting ahead. And I, the very best I can do is to, is to get by. I, I, these situations, these scenarios, how many of you have ever been through times like that where it's just like, you know, it's, it's like it's working out for everybody but you. It just, it just seems like it's working for everybody but not me. Lord, what's wrong with me? Why not me, you know? And he's here and this is what he says. And, and this is, these are times when the adversary comes into our lives. And what we're going to see here in Asaph's life is that what, what really got him was a skewed perspective of life. A skewed perspective of what was going on around him. He, he, you know, what's, what's happening is not always what's going on. And, and sometimes the adversary can cause us to be so intently focused on what's happening that we don't really see what's going on. And in those times, we begin to question our faith. In those times, we begin to question our investment and the energies expended. Why are you at church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Why do you serve on that team? Why do you give? Why do you, why do you, why do you honor the Lord? Why do you do all these things when it seems like when you look around, everybody else is prospering just as well or maybe better than you are? And Asaph is one of those places. And we see here the enemy is trying to trip him up. He says, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are of a pure heart. But as for me, as for me, I almost lost my footing. And my feet were slipping. And I was almost gone. Asaph's observation about life and the seeming inequalities and how it was that things just weren't working out for him. You ever been in a place where things just aren't working out for you the way you anticipated that they would? This is where Asaph is. Things just aren't working out the way that he anticipated that they would. And you know what happens in those moments? That is the perfect place where the adversary slips in and he begins to ask you and I the age-old question. Well, did God truly say? Did, did God really say that you're a conqueror? Did God really say, is that, is that what the word really means when it says that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper? I mean, is this really what the fleshing out of that principle looks like? I mean, is there any validity to these promises that you're standing on? Because as you can see, Here's what you and I need to understand is that as we're looking on at the life of everybody else and we're observing the highlight reels of their lives as they present them on social media feeds before us, what we need to understand is nobody knows what's going on between, in between their ears. Nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what their finances look like. You don't understand what's happening in their relationships that they're just not showing you because nobody shows you the agony of life. Everybody wants you to see the highlight. 
unless they're playing the victim and then they want to show you some of the bad stuff. But that, you know, just depends on what you thrive on. Hmm. That's another sermon. Okay, I'm going to stay out your business and just stay. I want you to look at your neighbor though right now. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, say, neighbor, I'm about to get up. I'm, I'm about to find a firm place to stand. I've been challenged. I've, I've seen some obstacles in my way, but I'm about to find a firm place in the Spirit to stand up, to plant my feet, and to get up. I won't be sliding anymore. I won't be slipping again, but I'm going to stand firm in the faith. Because here's the thing. Sitting out is not an option. Sitting out is not an option for you and I, people of faith. I want to be really clear here and distinguish that I know and recognize that there is a difference, you know, when it comes to seasons of rest. But what you need to understand today is that our rest is in Christ Jesus. We, you, we, we, we only equate rest in our natural minds with sleep. Idleness. Do you you remember Jesus when he says this? This doesn't sound like idleness to me when Jesus says, come unto me all you who are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. How does that continue? Take my yoke upon... For what? Because there's laboring for the kingdom. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a principle of the, of the kingdom that must be advanced, that must be forwarded in this generation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, how do we rest? We rest because even under the yoke, his burden is easy and light. And we rest in him because we're giving him all our weaknesses. We're not struggling and straining and trying to do it in the flesh. But we're not sitting idly by on the sidelines just watching life pass by, waiting for every situation and every circumstance to line up the way that we thought it should before we move forward. I understand in the Bible that there are seasons of rest. But I want to warn you today because a season of rest in a biblical sense should never lead us to indifference of spiritual things. I've seen some people take a break. From their service to the Lord that lasted 15 years. That's not a break. I'll spare you what I think it is, but it's not a break. A season of rest should not be so enduring that you grow complacent with the spiritual condition of your life in a stagnant state. Rest is not always equal to idleness. We rest in Christ, but we never cease moving forward and walking by faith and continuing in the faith. While while the Lord calls us to rest, remember he also calls us to fight the good fight. And, And we're not allowed to simply sit it out. I think there's some people that feel like Christianity comes with a neutral gear. 
that, that we determine for ourselves, we plateau to wherever we're comfortable in the spirit, and we stop and we say, hey, I'm good here. You're not good there. You're not going to be good there. You're either going to be moving forward. God is not stagnant. God is not still. God is always moving, and he's calling us to deeper things. And if you stand still, you are going to be left behind by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of the Lord is not going to make a little camp round about you and just hang out until you get ready. We've got to be ready. When, when, when the cloud moves, we've got to be ready to move. When the pillar of fire moves, we've got to be ready to move. And, and, and I do believe that there are some folks who are either present today or across our locations or watching online who, like Asaph, have come across some of those times when it's painful to think about the situation at hand and your resolve has been simply to set it out. You say, I'm taking a break, and that break has lasted for years. I'm calling you today to stand up. I'm calling you today to stand up. As a matter of fact, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the, to the church at Ephesus and he says these words, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, sit down, take a break. <laughs> having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith. Do you see how many action words there are after the, the, the instruction that we stand? We're to put on, we're to take up, we're to shod. And having done all, and, ha and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And here's another action point. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Perseverance. That's a daunting word in this generation, isn't it? Perseverance. I want you to note here the dynamic nature of this stance. There, there is no passivity as you and I might consider standing around. I, I can tell you, I don't like standing around. I would prefer wandering aimlessly to standing around. I would prefer walking in the wrong direction to standing around. I don't like standing around. It's painful to stand around. You ever just stand there and everything you got starts to hurt because you're just standing? And can I tell you that it's spiritually harmful to you to take a posture of passivity and just stand? But that's not what the word's calling us to here. This is a very active stance. It's a very active stance. And, and we see that spiritual warfare is being waged from this stance. It's the cladding of oneself with the armor of God. It's taking up the weapon of the word. It's praying fervently. 
Now, having found a good place to stand and prepared oneself, understand this. This is a preparation for a forward momentum. It's a preparation for a forward momentum. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm about to go forward. I'm about to move forward. I'm I'm about to get deeper in my purpose. I'm about to get deeper in my pursuit of the call of God. And, and the purpose of standing firm in the faith is to find the footing to be able to advance in the same. A lot of what you and I might identify in our lives, and, and I make this statement graciously, and I make it trepidly filled with a, a good degree of fear myself. A lot of what you and I might identify as faith I'm afraid is technically a wish a wish by definition is to want something that cannot or probably will not happen like every December I wish that Santa Claus was legit I mean, wouldn't that be cool if, if everything was paid for? But it ain't happening. So what do I do? I take it upon myself. And, and I'm afraid that a lot of us burn out because we're looking to God in the same way as if he's some kind of mythological, fictitious figure and the promises that have been made aren't really an attainable reality. So we labor and we strive until we're burned out and then we set aside. Because we've taken it all on ourselves and we just wish. We just wish, 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 wish. We're wishing. Faith, however, is a complete trust. By definition, I know what Hebrews 11 says, but I just want to give this to you in everyday language. Faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And as we sit here today, I want to be clear to identify that the someone is God and the something is his promises that in Christ Jesus are yes and in him, amen. And inasmuch as God has spoken it over our lives, the reality of receipt is there for us, but sometimes it is incumbent upon us to get up and behave like we believe that the word of God is true for our lives. We wish, we wish, we wish, but sometime we're going to have to get up and exercise in faith. We're going to have to walk by faith. It's not going to be dropped in our laps. It's not going to come to us necessarily mysteriously through the mailbox. You may not sow your seed faith and the checks show up next week. But we have to walk one step after the next, after the next, after the next. And 
you know, you understand that as we examine the miracles of Jesus, there are so many times that accompanying the miracle is the command for a point of action. As a matter of fact, I would say the majority, I didn't take time to really weigh that out, but just a cursory glance through the miracles of Jesus, I would say that the majority of the miracles that are recorded of Jesus come with an action point, and that action point is the catalyst of receiving a miracle. Fill the water pots. Take up your bed and walk. Stretch out your hand. Go and sin no more. Wash yourself in the river. Show yourself to the priest. Lazarus, come forth. Little girl, I say to you, rise. There's a point where faith has to be activated. There's a point where faith has to be activated again James 2 26 for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also and and listen I think what troubles us sometimes is what the walk looks like because I think for us in our mind's eye the walk of faith always looks like a valiant stride like, like the king returning to his homeland with the Lord of his adversaries in tow. Our heads up, our chest out, regal attire, and we're walking in. Hmm. But how many of you know that's not always the way you walk? Especially if you're new to the faith. If you're a babe in Christ, guess what your walk of faith is going to look like? A babe in Christ. It's going to be wobbly. It's going to be bumpy. It at times may be messy, but you keep on walking. No matter how wobbly it is, no matter, no matter how unstable, unsteady it is, you keep walking. You keep moving forward. You keep putting one step in front of the other until the walk of faith becomes more natural to you. Sometimes we have to walk injured. Somebody said something to you that hurt you. Somebody maligned you. Somebody betrayed you. You may have to walk injured. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of months ago, I, I, I began to have this issue in my hip. And um, I, Pastor Lisa took me to the doctor because she will hurt. But if I hurt, she insists that I go to the doctor. And I, I sat down, they took x-rays and the whole nine. And then that doctor used a word on me that I'd only heard used in conversation with my grandparents. He said, I've got good news. Your joints aren't worn. They look really good. But you have bursitis. I said, for what? That's an old folks thing. I what? But you know what? When I rolled up in the parking lot and, and, and jumped out of that truck, if I was going to get to the place I was getting to, I had to walk. I 
had to walk whether it hurt whether it felt like I thought it was supposed to feel like whether it felt good whether it felt bad I still had to walk if I was going to get where I was going and I want to tell you something today church it's not always going to be perfect but if you're going to get to where God's calling you to be you're going to have to walk you might walk injured but walk you might have a thorn in your flesh but walk You might have to walk weary. How many of you know, you just look at somebody walking, you can tell they're tired. They, they've been beat. Just life, and, and you, you can just see it all over them. Their, their, whole, their whole saunter changes because they're weary. And you may have to walk weary, but walk weary. You may walk burdened, but walk burdened. You keep on going. You keep moving. You keep walking. And sometimes you may have to walk determined. Oh, that's my favorite one of all. Have you ever seen somebody who was walking and you could tell they were walking with intent? They were walking with purpose. Do not get in their way. They may plow you down. I'm telling you, the devil needs to see you coming and say to himself, in Christ Jesus, they may plow me down if I get in the way because that is a person of determination and purpose and they are moving forward in Christ Jesus. Listen, you've been, you've been living... You've been living in those concerns that the world has, those corners that the, that the world has pointed, painted you into, establishing boundaries for your life with the labels it has tried to put on you. But I'm, I'm just telling you today, somebody needs to get up tomorrow and you need to submit that application. Somebody needs to take the next step. You've been living with the torment of being hurt, used, and perhaps abused. Somebody needs to walk into those places to begin to have those hard conversations so that you can find healing and release for your life. You need to take that first step to an altar and lay that thing at the feet of Jesus and then take that next hard step and keep moving. You've been held captive by fear with a dream burning in your heart, the anointing of God coursing through every fiber of your being, but it finds no expression. The Spirit of the living God is calling you to stand up and walk, even if you're afraid. And today, I bid you, be strong and of a good courage. Because He who has promised you is faithful. Everybody stand all over this place today. If you're, if you're here today, I want to tell you something. This is, this is not a judgment against you. I, I, think, I think that things are very purposefully recorded for us in Scripture. I, I don't know why we are permitted to see the brokenness of the heroes of faith except that the Lord wants us to understand that there's nothing really special in the flesh about these individuals the thing that is special about them is that regardless of their faults regardless of their flaws they yielded themselves to the hand of the Lord and God did amazing things through them and, and I think this right here with Asaph is one of those issues where it is strategically there by the power of the Holy Spirit because all of us face times in our lives when we look around and and it's not quite going the way that we had thought that it should 
and our path becomes treacherous and our feet almost slip our steps are as the King James says well nigh gone but today I'm inviting you to a place of finding your footing because true faith has to find its feet because faith without works is dead we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today if you would like more information about faith assembly please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day